Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Bitches with Beards. And on today's episode, I declare that I'm Britney Spears. Well, the Taylor version anyway. Jolene, Jolene, please don't take my man. Okay, maybe you can have him for a little bit. You know, do you. (laughs) We're the podcast that attempts to break down culture with all the elegance of two coastal grandmas. But in truth, we're just a couple of bitches with beards. Well, I'm Max. And I'm Daniel. And we both have opinions. <laughs> so let's get this party started. Can I drop this fucking accent? Please, please do. I think it just shifted again. <laughs> <coughs> I, th- I think you're talking through your nose right now. It's talking through my arsehole. What? <laughs> Sing out, Louise. Sing out. What the fuck was that? It was a dare is what it was. And it was a dare because we have an audience member. He's a bitch. He has a beard and a face for radio. (laughs) That's a lie. He's our most handsome friend. Here's Brendan. Yay! Yay. And Brendan is single. He is six foot household. How tall? Six foot two. Six foot four. He has a matinee idol haircut going on. He knows how to dress. Yes. So yeah, um, gents, if anyone's interested there and you have a net worth of over a million and are willing to share it with the co-host, it's he true. comes with minimal dowry. That's right. We are part of the package deal. We are part of the package deal. <laughs> we will be officiating the wedding. We'll take silver or gold. We'll one. be like, we can officiate it like, you know, in Singing in the Rain. If um, Who's is it? Who's the, uh, the reporter? Oh, I know who you're talking about. It's left me, it's left me, it's left me. Have you ever seen Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No. No, I saw the lady Fanat do it on a British stage, Sandra uh. Dickinson, who's an American, she was so good at that. Mm. Anyway, Daniel. Yes, ma'am. Little bit of housekeeping from a couple weeks back. Yes. The messiest of bitches. Yeah, you, you do have some corners to Corners, sort. yes. So, a couple weeks back, I did comment on a, another podcast that had a guest on who may have made some comments regarding the innocence of a certain British comedian who has, throughout his career, made it very clear he lacked the ladies and maybe he don't like asking the ladies. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And I did say that, though I enjoyed the podcast and I have still listened to it and will keep listening to it, I did have to turn that episode off due to the comment made by the guest that was it's an, he's innocent it's just a conspiracy by Big Pharma pause, <laughs> pause for that reaction yeah <laughs> and then said podcast uh-huh. host podcast did put two and two together and come up with four oh and work and they did know and then they reached out to me and they did make a, a message in a recent episode to say you know about it and that that Obviously, uh, we all get a lot of guests on, and that comments were made, and that they, you know, also thought about it as well. And you know, they they did do a really good job at the time. They did not agree with the um, the, the outright comment, but they did, you know, obviously the conversation continued, and they have processed as well. And so there's been a lot of thinking going on. I just want to say really outright that that was not an attack on the host podcast. I really do like them, and I think that as podcasters, we do end up, you know, getting guests on or guesting on podcasts that don't 100% agree with what we say and Mm -hmm. actually it's good sometimes when we do like 
draw attention to other opinions and let people come to their own opinion on said opinion. There's a lot of opinions going on right now, Daniel. It ensures that one is not a gatekeeper. Yes, not a gatekeeper. Um, but I didn't want to say, I just want to say outright say that, you know, I did, that was not a criticism against the podcast. And I feel like that, yes. But at the same time, is we've all been on podcasts where we definitely do not agree with the opinions and have, you know, gone afterwards. Oop. And I oop and I <laughs> we oop. kept ooping and oh is this over yet? <laughs> yes. So uh, no, we have. So I just want to say that, and I think that we are audio medium based on communication. And the minute we lose that ability to communicate and discuss mm-hmm. and give opinions, then what's the point of doing this? Um, because let's face it, ninety nine percent of us make no fucking money. Well, it's also about having a dialogue and the channels of dialogue being open and realizing that that's a two-way street. Ironically, though, it's the most controversial podcast that make the most money. Well, yes. Yes. Unless you're the office ladies. There you go. They're not that controversial. No. They do like baked beans, though. Okay. Anyway. That's controversial. That is controversial. That aside, Daniel, can you believe it's episode 40? Oh Yay. my gosh. The podcast is older than you. It is older than me. It's been older than me for a couple of episodes I know, at least. I know. But no. <laughs> but we haven't recorded since I got the numbers I right. I know. <laughs> so we are on episode 40. How do you feel? Uh, you know, it it's, feels very nice to be back to this point again in a podcast for 40. Yes. I'm just going to say that. It's nice. I didn't think I was going to get back to 40 on a podcast. So, so like, cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Boom. But no, I do also have another quick update. Oh, another quick update. Da, 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 da. Uh, the hub still doesn't like Marmite. I also don't like Marmite. So. He, he did try again this week. I was doing Marmite on toast with a bit of peanut butter. Not Marmite peanut butter. The parents wore that out with them. That was a treat for me. But you a butter, a thick layer of Marmite, and a thick layer of peanut butter. It's and it's salty sweet. It's still, salty, sweet, salty. It is still a no for me. Salty, sweet, salty. No, it is still a no for me. I, I, here's the thing. I have tried. It's one of the few foods from your culture that I just cannot get my head around. What do you mean, my culture? You don't my like culture. the you don't like the yeasty extract that I, comes from beer fermentation. I don't like it. I will eat lemon curd all day long until the cows come home, but I will not do marmite. I know. I'm going to get you to try the Marmite peanut butter. Here's the thing. I will try it. But I'm saying miracles may not happen in this situation. I it's may like, still not like it's it. It's like a... It's like a, it, that is different because because when I do marmite and peanut butter, you get the sweet salty. But whereas uh-huh. it's like it's a different. It's like when you merge the salty sweet. So uh-huh. it's um, think of it like a salty caramel. Okay. Yeah, like you got that, that, that straight away. I, I got that visual. Yeah, I've got that taste memory going on. Yeah, but it's been actually a while since we recorded. How has your week been? Oh, oh, well, I had an eight-hour meeting yesterday that I didn't need to be a part of. And well, if you do call P- if you do call Sandra at work a bitch, HR are going to drag you for a long time. Yeah, so I'm not going to talk about that, but I am going to talk about a scandal that emerged this week. I am living for this scandal. Because you, you have been informed about the scandal. So, listeners, every single year I go to the cathedral at Christmas, we listen to a concert, It's it gets me in the holiday spirit... 
Last year, Max was there with me. We had a great time. You got to see me run like a penguin. I got to see you run like a penguin, which was ironic because you actually run. Anyways, you always go through the Cathedral website to order the stuff. And so I went to the Cathedral website last week because I was like, it's about time to start getting tickets ready. Go onto the website, click it in, and it's not there. And I'm like, this is odd. I'm like, there's a lot of performances of Handel that are going on. And then there's a King's Singers concert that's sponsored by the Cathedral. Are they big, the King's Singers? I've never heard of them. Yeah. I keep thinking, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, the guest to sing, yes. The Master Day Idol has heard of them. Okay. All right. That being said, and I, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking, and now that I have an inside source, a.k.a. the priest, I'm yes. like, hello, sir. I'm like, I have noticed that there is no Christmas concert on your calendar. What the fuck is going on? Literally, I probably said that. Language of a saint. I, I probably honestly said that. And he's like, no, we have, you know, two lessons and carols that are going on on a Sunday. And I said, no, I don't want a Sunday concert. I want the Saturday concert. That is the big choirs. And we're sitting all around the altarpiece and like big pomp and circumstance. Crushed crush velvet dresses, pattern leather shoes, yes, white I'm, tights, and that's just Daniel. I'm like, I want the one that is marginally religious, but a re- religious enough. You know, that's the one that I'm wanting. He's like, no, lessons and carols. And I said, no. And so I pulled out my program from last year, took a photo of it, and I said, this, this is what I want right here. Yes. This. He's like, oh, well, that's with the Cathedral Choral Society, and that's an unsanctioned event. And I was like, what do you mean? Gay gasp. I, I'm, what do you mean, unsanctioned event? We had priests walk down the aisle, like, last... It was very religious, I'd swear, and the management were there. You know, I was just like, what do you mean, unsanctioned event? He's like, oh, well, it's unsanctioned now. And so I'm like... What? This is like a Christian version of a illegal rave. I don't know. I'm like, how would you get people into a cathedral for an unsanctioned thing? So I then go onto the Cathedral Choral website, or Cathedral uh, Choral Society website, type it in. They are indeed still having a cathedral thing go on on a Saturday, but it's an unsanctioned event, and the ticket prices are now double what they were last year. And I'm, like, shocked. So, are we doing the Kennedy? Are we going to get Matinee Idol and the Hubs to sing for us? I, you know, right now, I think we may have Matinee Idol sing for us, for sure. Uh, I think we're looking at the Kennedy Center because, guess what? It's not $95 to sit where we were sitting last year. We were at the side. I could see up the crack of one of the choir people. I know. And it wasn't a cute one. I know. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Well, that's I'm, terrible. Or we're going to an Advent Lessons and Carols on a Sunday. So. But when you started, when you gave me hint of the scandal, uh-huh. the scolding tea, the tea was brewing, yeah. I did warn you and say, I'm about to tell my parents about this, so this better have a follow-through, because they were yeah. ears, ears, eyes, and ears. Oh, yeah, because the thing is, we raved about it to your parents when they were here, because we are like, oh, we're looking forward to it. And then it's just like... Was that how if you came to England for Christmas, we'd yeah. take you to the Albert Hall. Exactly. So yeah, dumb. It's still up in the air. We're working it out. We're working nice. it out. We're working through it. So that's that it? You, you had a week without me. What'd you get up to? Nothing? Nothing. I played Mariah for, you know, All I Want for Christmas is You. I've not started it yet, though. I've watched a defrosting music video, but that's about it. I, I, I saw that, but I felt like last night it was time. I was like, Ugh. Nice. There we go. Nice. So, yeah. So, whilst we went to Cancun. Yeah, oh, yes. We went, went to Cancun, Cancun trip with the parents. Yes. We went on Sunday, so Saturday night was... Uh, 
unseasonably warm for, for like the pre Halloween thing going yes. on. Yes, yes, it was. And the highlight was sitting in um, High Con, which is next to the 930 Club, and my mum going, Well, there's a lot of pinchable bottoms in that line. <laughs> we did go to Cancun, we went to an all inclusive, and it was very reasonably priced, and we had a very nice time. It, it, it was very white lotus the priest said to me it's not going to be very white lotus but we actually it got was. there it was it was you know it was a little bit cheap and cheerful for white lotus but it was still lovely were the gays trying to kill you well we did see a couple of gays and I clocked them at breakfast one morning and I was like this couple and they gave off mean gay energy like we don't know how to exist outside a bubble and I'm sitting there with my parents the hubs is running mm-hmm. a bit late and they kind of cut to our table and they split into two and pinch and manoeuvre around to you know so you get the 3D view of me and then that's it and then the next night we're in like the galaxy nightclub I, it's what you think it's going to be uh-huh. and we're there and it's Halloween night no it wasn't Halloween night it was the night Halloween night it was there was a swimsuit contest going on Mm -hmm. and it was just dirty old men taking photos of kind of weird looking women looking for rich husbands anyway that's just me but then we're so we're there this night we're watching we're in a club the the two gays are next to us Mm -hmm. and then they like see us and then just walk away because they're just mean gays me 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 mean gays they didn't say anything to us but then we saw another couple of guys and they were really fun and mm-hmm. we actually had a drink with them the night next night after that but they were wasted drunk because they were there for a wedding uh, but anyway so there were some gays there um, hubs kept bumping into them but no it was a lot of fun and uh, did end up saving my mum from the riptide that was on the first day because it was just crazy that water but I managed to pull her so far before a very hunky lifeguard pulled her the rest of the way I was very proud of you for that I'm I was my mum was like oh my god my son saved my life I'm like oh if I'd known I would let you go no joking that's horrible mum <laughs> um, spent the entire five days in the quest for a perfect cup of tea didn't happen uh, got it eventually but no it did involve did herself? either lukewarm water or hot milk Ooh. yeah we got there we got there we got there but uh, they did. Um, they did. They did do their, their their best. They gave it a college try, and Mum also had her first shot ever in her life. But I worked that back out as that she started going out a lot in the seventies, mm-hmm. and that was when the cocktail craze hit London. So ah. I don't think they were doing shooters back then. It was baby sham and pouring anything you could into Guinness. So, so what was her first shot that she did? tequila? Yeah, Woo. yeah. Well. <laughs> but no, it was a lot of fun. We had a um, we, had, we had a real giggle with them. Um, uh, we just I sat on the beach the whole time. We read Renzi. Um, now I'm gonna get it wrong. Um, Chichinitsu. Yes. Yes. Uh, which was even though it was as a Mayan temple. So for me, it was huge because the Mayan temples were the ones that stood in for Yaf and Var in Star Wars, mm, but yes. also. It, it was we had a really great tour guide for that and it was brilliant we did um, a sinkhole as well we did swimming mm-hmm. so we had just a real nice day out and just but all inclusive loads of great food we had not done it all inclusive before me and our parents so it was lovely I mean as I said before it's like having a cruise ship but without having a cruise ship yeah um it just it was just night you know we didn't have to worry about stuff we you know the only thing was by the last day so we we went early in the week Mm-hmm. And so by so we left on the Friday, and by the first day, our last day, mm-hmm. we found out like we couldn't get. It took us ages to find a like 
uh, beach beach chair. Like yeah, yeah, they yeah, would yeah. set umbrellas and yeah, beach beds and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of ended up like, wow, I'm glad we're not coming on the weekends. But at the same time, yeah. that once we started meeting some interesting people by then, and we're like, damn it, the interesting people are coming, but there's no beach beds. I mean, you had a much better week than I did that Halloween yeah. week. I did a terror spread, and oh, I actually went uh, on a cocktail date with a friend, Matt. Nice, that was that sort yeah. of the sweet thing. Yeah. We did, we just did loads of cocktails. Oh, there you go. Um, oh, Mum Dad had the first taco. Oh, first. But they what, what type of taco? Um, it was chicken, oh, like soft shell chicken taco. So they were standard. Yeah, yeah, nice. Good. Go it was ahead. a long day flying back on a Friday. We were done by the time we got home. Picked up the dog. The bug was put with a another family, and we were really worried that he was going to like think he's been fostered again. Mm-hmm. But actually, um, it turned out though he was with a, a little dog called Oliver, who's also twelve. And I felt bad about leaving Bug, and then when we picked him up, it, I suddenly realised that. Oliver, who had lost his sister a couple months ago, was losing his friend. So I felt bad oh. about taking Bug. So on the last day, we ended up taking him to Olive Garden. Oh, yeah. Yes. We did a joke because we were sort of sitting there and we went and we had like a bit of a last day of him. And I said, Look, we're going to drive you to the airport. Try and get out. There was hell anyway. Uh-huh. I said, let's go to Olive Garden. And they really liked it. It was a really good day. Because they knew of it. They right. knew, they'd heard of it-ish, but they don't have anything like that. Right, they've never been. Um, but no, and then I said to mum, what are you going to do when she's getting a bit teary? She says, what are you going to do when you get back? And she goes, oh, we've got to swap out the couch furniture. I'm like, what? And she goes, oh yeah, we changed the covers. So mum and dad are going, uh, upon their return to England, they're going to swap out their couch covers from a off-white and an eau de Nile cushions to a light cream with burgundy for oh. the uh, fall season. Oh, very very festive. And with that, that was my <laughs> week. <laughs> there we go, my dear. Oh, there was a lot. I know, I know, oh, I know, okay. I know, I know. But you don't get your parents here that often. Or you never. No, I try not to. <laughs> so, Daniel, I recently be drinking after two weeks and an all-inclusive and a marathon in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. But what are you... What is in Ina's garden? What am I going to stroll around today? You're going to stroll around with a Beton Sauvignon Blanc from South Africa. It's a 2022. Listeners, I highly recommend this one. If you want to serve something at Thanksgiving, it's going to pair just right with your turkey. We had it last year, and it's divine it tastes delicious it's not going to be too grassy it's going to be more fruit forward so i decided in honor of my parents Uh being here i was going to do a british snack so this is a knickknack a knickknack a knickknack it is a nice and spicy flavor knickknack okay Take a knickknack. Now, they look a little bit like the... the um, they look a little bit like cheese curds. Cheese, yeah. Oh, those are rather good. Yeah. Nice and spicy flavour knickknacks. But also... They're better than Cheetos. They are better than Cheetos. Yeah. They, you don't have the... You don't have, the, like, the finger, like, dust. Finger dust, yeah. yeah. You don't have the finger dust. They do a lot of different flavours, but nice and spicy are my favourite. Mm. While we're in Ina's garden, yes. someone else has cropped up with an opinion on how to throw a party. Oh. So, Lance Bass, yes. formerly of NSYNC, <laughs> soon to be in NSYNC, as Justin does his redemption tour. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's got some, like, sponsorship with some... That little soft cheese thing, it always appears on the cheese ball, but no one really eats. 
they're sponsoring him for some reason because apparently he's a gay parent now so apparently he knows how to you know socialise soft cheese the Borson yes Borson oh I actually cook with that <laughs> it seems quite nice yeah but he did a pay- I mean it was an article but it was you know one of those paid for advertisements oh, yeah, yeah, yeah but he now because he has kids oh my what a burden here's how to not have here's how to not have a burden just don't have them um, swallow <laughs> swallow I think he does he looks like he swallows he, he yeah. probably does so Lance Bass has the secret to a very good party. Okay. Drum roll. Center it around food. I <laughs> 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 shit you not. I laughed my ass off. Because here's me taking a dump in the middle of the kitchen and getting everyone to sit around and watch it turn white. Really? Center it around, around food. food. Wow. Wow. How, how earth shattering <laughs> what is it how revolutionary a dinner party centered around oh, food, food groundbreaking um, I, I saw that <laughs> sorry and I'm sorry I know that's so cunty but I was like I have to do this there's no way that you're going to keep a straight face I, I'm not because honestly that would have been a perfect gag to <laughs> but, but he's yeah. centered it but, but also but he's you know he said like he then went on to say like when they do Thanksgiving because they do it around the kids what they do is everyone brings like a potluck and he said he's found out loads of things about people's different you know like state culture blah 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 I thought that was a really good idea but the way they were we sort of do that for Thanksgiving yeah we sort of do that I mean you call it dressing the hub says it's not dressing there's a fight and you dress him down blah it doesn't Um, do much (laughs) but it was just the way they said yeah centre it around food and I think that he may have gone on to say something cleverer but the person that edited it made him look real fucking dumb oh <laughs> well you know like that could be a theme of tonight's podcast <laughs> like it could be like you know no matter what the party is food brings such crucial elements to it mm-hmm. but no centre it around food I might like, yeah that's kind of what happens yeah so anyway I've hardly known a party that wasn't centred around food Obviously, I know I've spoiled the big game news of the week that Lance Bass sent us parties around food. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can top that one. What else is going on in West Hollywood? <laughs> so this is the portion of the podcast where we discuss the stories that are gay, gay adjacent, or just a little bit camp. And oh my god, I just saw your title headline for one of your I eyes. know. Well, I want to just... Let's start dark. I'll go first because I'm the prettiest. Um, <laughs> so sadly... Um, this week, um, an Alabama mayor and a pastor, um, or last week by now, um, yeah. committed suicide after a far-right website published pictures of them in their trans persona. Yes. Uh, it hit the news quite badly. Yes. It was located in Smith Station, which is just south of Montgomery, between Hope Hall, Alabama, and Pineapple, Alabama. I can tell you that because I have driven through Smith Station several times to go to the beach. Baba Copeland was the mayor, and um, actually... I'll be honest, looks stunning as a woman. Like, knows how to dress or knew how to dress. Oh, he's from the other Smith Station. We have two of those in the state. Never mind. Seriously, this country needs to stop thinking of some names. Well, I'm sorry. He, he He's from the Smith Station that is on the other side of the state. Sorry, sorry. But this was obviously a terrible fucking thing to happen. happen yes. And I just think for shame for the people that did it. I hope that whatever turmoil, because he must have been going through some turmoil, or they must have been, we won't be gender, yeah. that set, that was to send it over the edge. 
I just feel for for them and their family yeah. and shame on you Republicans but you know what we could teach you what you did wrong but you never want to learn no you just want to wallow in the past so yeah. rest in power and fuck you anyone that puts R bracket art next to their name yep the other news that I had is a little bit more upbeat probably a lot of people over here won't get it but Girls Aloud which was a a group that was formed by the Pop Idol franchise in England. Uh-huh. I saw it live a few years back. Absolutely amazing. So a decade ago? Yeah, a decade ago. Oh. Um, uh, people are probably aware of Cheryl Cole or the drag persona Cheryl Hole. I'm Cheryl Cole. Who had a hard time on American X Factor because of her Geordie accent. Um, they are looking to reform. They actually just split about. They split after 10 years. They went their separate ways very amicably. They, you know, 10 years for a girl group is big. Yeah. Then sadly, one of their members, Sarah Harding, died from a brain tumour. Um, that was a cancer, yeah. Cancer, yeah. It was very sad. They originally said they, that was it, them done. They couldn't do it anymore. But they've sort of had that mourning time now and are feeling they, you know, they want to come back and honour Sarah. So gay news in England has been very excited. Mm-hmm. They were always a little bit edgier. They always had a bit more of a... Like the way Cher went a bit dance by the end of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, side note, when we do a Christmas episode, we are going to have to review that album. Absolutely. But no, so very excited to see what they come back with. They've always... They've never not... They've never disappointed. Um, so, yeah, good news all round. Yay. Yay. All right, so on to me. So... The Queen has spoken. Yes. So Dolly Parton has finally come out against the Tennessee trans bill. Thank fucking Christ. Finally, finally. Uh, In her interview with a Hollywood reporter, she said that she didn't want to get into politics, but she just wants everybody to be treated good. That's what she said. She said that she arrived at her opinions because she has family members who are both queer and trans, and so she's personally knows someone, and she's like, you know, this is why I'm making this stance at this point. Now, I'm going to say this. The bills came out in March, and here we are in November, and I'm just going to leave that one right there. Just not going to say anything, just going to leave that one right there. Yeah, I... I... I don't envy Dolly for the position she's in. Right, I totally get that. I do. And I think that... The... I'm not, I don't want to play devil's advocate of anything. I hate that term so fucking much. But Dolly is the only thing and Tom Hanks unite in this country right now. True. And I kind of feel is that Dolly... Everyone knows... I mean, Dolly could say it. To be honest, the people... It will change some minds. Dolly does what Dolly does. Right. There we go. <laughs> she, she is her own special creation. So... Because I know that we have a jammed back culture episode, yes. I'm not going to talk about the CFDAs and how stunning Anne Hathaway looked, or that Tom Ford can still call me at any point, because I would so... Is so. he aging backwards? Have we actually solved this riddle? Well, he is single now because his partner died, but anyways, Tom Ford... Because he had an older partner, didn't he? Yes, much yeah. older partner. Anyways, Tom Ford, <laughs> I will give you my number. Because <laughs> he's, what, is he 60 or is he like 50s? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. No, my question it's... is actually, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to withhold sex until he directs another film, because a single man was stunning. 
I thought he was in the talks for directing another film. He needs to talk faster. Okay, well, fair he needs enough. To, I need to slap that dick out of his mouth and he needs to talk faster. Well, fair enough. And this is going to be a throwout to your hubs who would like us to be a little bit more political on this podcast, but that's not really us. But we did have some good news on Tuesday. So Virginia went blue with the state house. Ohio enshrined abortion rights, and Kentucky kept Bashar, so there we go. It's very good for the Democratic cause at yes, the moment. Yes, it's slowly moving in the right direction. Correct. And by right, we mean to the left. <laughs> so, a lot of things going to shift the culture, but Daniel, what's been culture for you this week? Culture for me this week. So, my food of the week has been something that I apparently have been in the habit of having for four meals this week. Salad with a piece of fish. I know. It's very coastal grandma. Just. <laughs> it sounds like a term they'd, they'd yell at a waxing clink. What have we got? We've got salad with a piece of fish down here. <laughs> well, it's just like you roast a filet of salmon, put it on top of a piece of salad. Very good. My drink of the week was a wonderful absinthe martini that I had at 600 tea. That was perfection. Absolute perfection. Served in a nice little carafe on the side. Oh, so good. Songs of the week. It don't mean anything if I didn't get that swing. Ella Fitzgerald, I've been in a jazz kick because I just needed jazz in my life. Say Don't Go by Taylor Swift, which we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. You can also leave this podcast at this point, dear guest. <laughs> Musical of the week, Kiss Me Kate from 2019. I'd never listened to that one. Um... I've listened to Kiss Me Kate, but not that version of the. Joe, who I saw in Kiss Me Kate, the old pick. Hannah Waddingham. Yeah! My queen! But that role was played by Kelly O'Hara. Oh, I adore her. I've not yeah. seen her, but I got the soundtrack of South Pacific with her in it. Yes. That being said, I would kill to see Hannah Waddingham in that role because she'd be perfection. Uh, my book of the week, and this is going to be a spoiler for our culture The Woman in Me. I and mean, we, we just have to rip the band aid off on that yeah. one. And television show was Annika with uh, Nicola Walker. It's a detective in the north of England, but she breaks the fourth wall the entire time, which I like. Oh, I have to look at that one. Yeah. How about you? What was your culture for the week? So my food this week was a vegan cauliflower broccoli soup. Ooh. I came up with the recipe myself. Ooh. Yeah, because I, I cook a lot of soup. So, yeah, yeah. basically it was... Um, onions, potato, and I had some leftover carrots. I threw that in for shits and giggles. Mm-hmm. Um, then I roasted broccoli and cauliflower. Mm-hmm. I've never done um, broccoli before in a soup, so I um, and the hub said he really loved it, but the broccoli could be chunkier, mm-hmm. so we'll learn that for next time. Yeah, and then like a lot of nutritional yeast. Fair. Tasted delicious. There you go. Uh, music, Wrecking Ball um, by Dolly and Miley. I know we did that last week. Layers of it, layers yeah, of it, layers yeah. of it. It's a good one. Yeah, television, uh, sex education. We finally watched the last episode. So I, season four? Yeah, season four. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I think ended, you know, as, as a TV like show like that should. I like the fact it became an unintentional cultural slow burn, which mm-hmm. you usually don't get now. Usually it's first season. It's amazing. And then after that, they forget. Yeah. But it actually slow burn. Consistent. 
In terms of sport, mum and dad finally broke their losing streak and we saw the Bills win. <laughs> Movies I watched on a plane, no hard feelings, the one of Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Uh, very, oh, yeah. yeah. Very cute. Doesn't she play like an Uber driver or something? Yeah, yeah. very cute. I highly recommend for like an hour and a half if you want to take your mind off things. Um, if you want to have an hour and a half to take your mind off things I do not recommend Killers of Flower Moon though I do recommend it as a film it is just long it is three and a half hours long I don't think I've seen a film that long in the cinema I don't actually think I've seen a film that long mm. to be honest I think maybe um, Justice League not, yeah with the that one yeah. it's really good it's really well acted I think uh, the lady that plays the uh, Leo's wife in it I think they're going to put up for best supporting. Best supporting, okay. Uh, they might actually might be best lead. I think she'll get, and I think if they put up for best leads, she will win best leading actress. Okay. I think she is just beautifully grounded in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about her, but she has an energy. I'm excited, but I think they could do it for best lead because I don't think at the moment there is a best lead battle. I don't think Emily Blunt did enough to be best lead. No, Emily Blunt did not. And I don't good, think Margot Robbie is destined. I think the no. winner for... We've still got to sit down. I'm not going to predict the nominations. I um, think we're going to sit down and go... Maybe yeah. we'll do a pre a quick one. We'll, we'll do a pre But I, I think that best supporting is still going to go to American Ferrera. I definitely see And that I one. think that yeah. they're going to put Gosling as best supporting and he'll win. And I think best... I'm still Robert Downey Jr. for best supporting. I think they've got a hard one against him. I think it's going to be tight. I won't be yeah. surprised if either. Yeah. So let's be realistic at the moment. Okay, we're going to quickly do Oscars, then we've got to get on because we've got to get this done in an hour. <laughs> we'll um, yeah. So, uh, winner, um, Cillian Murphy, best actor mm-hmm. in a male yeah. role. Yeah. Female role, I think it's, is it Lily something um, for um, I'll figure it out Saturday whenever yeah, I see the Calissa film Flower Moon I think oh, yeah. I think she should win it I, mm-hmm. I think she's just a, a stunning mm-hmm. magne- magnetic I think is the way to put it that okay. means it's understated but you've drawn in I think but would we say she's hypnotic I think she holds a lot on some very small shoulders and I think okay. that what they do with her is excellent because I know the role that she's supposed to be playing because I've read that book but, twice and yeah. it's very good she just has his oh it's a tone I think that Leo is going to be up against Cillian but he's got no chance I think potentially then Mm -hmm. so best so in terms of supporting actress I do think that America should get a nomination yes and I think potentially she will probably win it because I think they'll give the Barbie one to her because I think the monologue justifies I was going to say the monologue, monologue pushed just, everything over right. like, but I think the contentious race this year is supporting is supporting actor because you're going to get Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer delicious you're going to, you're going to get I mean, Ryan Gosling, was totally, that, that, yeah. but also De Niro for Killers of Flower Moon, because oh. he plays the patriarch, the uncle. Paul. Paul. Yeah. And you know that if you've read the book, you know Robert Downey Jr. No, Robert um, Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. Sorry, there's a lot of Roberts. Oh, God, they, I they, know. They were, they were to make that, that mistake. But I think that, I think you know he, he that role. He, I, I know exactly what happened to that And one. it's also a little bit, 
he's been in some Godfather you know Scorsese as well who's obviously done a lot who does Mob he does Mob he does it so well so I think there's I think I think the race to look at this year based on that is going to be best Best supporting supporting actor okay yep okay oh my god this is this is us doing it culturally Off the guard too. Uh, <laughs> just quickly, though, finally, podcast, uh, Sleigh Bells and Mistletoe Christmas podcast. Um, oh. Yeah, they are a year-round podcast about Christmas. They are ex-radio presenters from okay. Small Town America. I think Small Town. Okay. She is just adorable. I reached out to her and just said, I've heard her on another podcast. I listened. They're both amazing. They did a breakdown of Finally, there's two episodes. If you go two episodes back, there's one about all Christmas music, and they break down the Christmas music of the season. It is the most charming, wonderful cup cup of cocoa with a little bit of Bailey's for a treat. Mm, okay. Um, I've been talking to them. She's so sweet. She's just well, just thanks your art. Well, I am gonna listen to it tomorrow because I've got to do a research thing on my day off. But do so, the ones yeah. about music. So go two oh, episodes yeah, back, yeah, and they are no. really charming. And that is it. But no, I I just sat there and smiled the whole way through listening about them. Daniel. Yes, Max. I'm white. I might be bisexual. Really? Yeah, because there's a woman in me. <laughs> um, I don't know that that makes you bisexual if there's a woman in you. Well, it still means I'm a bottom. I was about to say. Uh, <laughs> Fuck, I just found out my parents listened to this as well. Uh, anyway. Well, you can edit that one out. Probably not. Anyway, Daniel. <laughs> Yes. This week, we are dividing ourselves into two split legs. Two halves. Legs akimbo. Yes. Flying like windmills. Yes. Two blondes. Blonde ambition. Blonde ambitions, pop icons. So, mm-hmm. we are going to divide culture, as always, into two. Mm-hmm. But we have got The Woman in Me, Brit Brit's memoir. Yes. And we have Taylor Swift, 1989, Taylor Edition. Yes. Taylor, I know Taylor's version. Eyes rolling. Pick them off the ground. Put yours back in because we're going to start with Brit Brit's "The Woman in Me." Britney Spears. Yes. Daniel. Yes. Impressions. Uh, how honest do you want me to go and start off with? It's the cool bitches of beards. Um. So she's not going to win a Nobel Prize in literature for this. Um. I want a memoir to be a little bit more self-indulgent, which I think Jada Pinkett Smith gets correct. However. That being said, it's rather traumatic reading some of this stuff. It was. That, that That's the thing. Is like, do I think that this is a literary piece of work? No. It's a piece of work. It's a piece of, <laughs> it, it's a piece of work. And it was traumatic when you read some of the lines in it. And no. it's traumatic, like, reading some of the lines, but it's one of these... I do genuinely feel sorry for her for what she experienced. Like, she went through some shit. Absolute shit. Like, it was atrocious. Um, I... Do think she has bipolar disorder, and that never came up. I think she's yes. got it. I would totally agree that I feel that there are some people that go into their memoirs with the intention of being dragged through. Yeah. So, sidetracking slightly, talking of. Um, Pop princesses. Who was on Chelsea Handler's podcast today? Joan Byers, who, hmm. for those who don't oh, yeah. know, was a woman that opened Woodstock. Oh, she's and so wonderful. She just Love did Joan. a documentary, and it's going to be on Hulu actually coming out. Very interesting. But she gave the keys to the kingdom. She did her interviews. She let people be interviewed, but she had no creative control. And she said, when I saw it, I knew because I had no control over that that it was honest. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. And that, so that's why I get back to you on that one. And I was yeah. like, that is a good point. She was, the minute I have control, it's no longer honest. Because it's you writing the narrative that you want. Now, at the same time, this was a t- this was interesting. It was. I'm going to say outright, mm-hmm. if they'd said, if, if Brit Brit had gone up and said, I've just written this Stream of Consciousness a la whoever it did On the Road uh, what's that book on the- Jack Kerouac Jack Kerouac right, because apparently Jack Kerouac when he wrote he was his typewriter and his wife would just basically sell a tape sticky tape yeah because he did together, it in scroll format and you yeah. can actually buy the original scroll format version yeah, yeah. if she said I just went out wrote and sent it out to be self-published I would read that and go this is interesting yes I want to ignore the ghostwriter because already people are like, he's so cute. Anyway, the same people also went, oh my God, the um, QAnon Charmin's cute as well. So let's all fuck that one. Yeah. But an editor did not work with her. An editor did not touch this. Like, I'm sorry. Like, some of the lines and the redundancy that came through in this, because yeah. it was a lot of, I'm going to use this, quote unquote, chapters that were four pages and it was like, oh, great, you said that two chapters ago. It was a lot of repetition. Yeah. But it was also, again, some of the lines. I'm like, where were you going with that? Like, Reese, Reese Witherspoon gave me inspiration. I'm like, how did she give you inspiration? But, but nothing was fleshed out. Exactly. Now, that is my problem. I've got going to example, but one of the early ones that I was like so annoyed by was I did not realize she was on Broadway as a child. Didn't know either. And she went into his musical, did not write down what the musical was. I'm sorry, I've never heard of it. And so I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. She actually ended up becoming the main lead of it. Uh, it was one of the ones that Laura Bell Bundy was. Yes, so she understood. Under, she goes, I was understudying Laura Bell Bundy. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know a lot of people might go, who is Laura Bell Bundy? Amazing. Amazing. Laura Bell Bundy was the original Amber oh. Von Tussle and Air Woods and she looked and, and that uh, but she never mentioned that she never mentioned wow well, there are faces that are going on from the studio audience but she never goes oh Laura Bell Bundy would go on to you know be in Hairspray and then go on to launches that was it it was just like Laura Bell Bundy mm-hmm. and then she said my fellow um understudy was Natalie Portman right now I'm sorry but I know we know but Natalie Port- but there was this complete washing over of and, and and what people also don't know is that Natalie Portman then go on to play Matilda in Leon which is a stunning role she is mm-hmm. she would then at 16 go and play you know, um, Padme Amidala and could grow and grow and grow and grow and then became an Oscar winning actress but there was just sort of this you know you're it was it was name dropping it was name dropping but there was no drop but, there, but at the same time it's like what are we dropping here right and again Laura Bell Bundy's not a household name she's not though if someone said oh she was in Legally Blonde a musical people go oh my god I heard that soundtrack I know mm-hmm. it's like so, and that was the thing that bugged me was this constant presumption of we knew who people were mm-hmm. yes I was like please explain just a little bit more why this person matters like because she would talk about like the producers and the music industry and whatnot, and I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Yeah. Like I really like I would have to be on Wikipedia, and I'm like, who is this person? And then I'm like, still not getting like why this is. Is like, it Max Martin? She was linked with heavily. Yes, but it was also like even then, like you know, reading the entry, I'm like, I don't understand why he was doing X, Y, and Z, and why this was important to yeah. you. Like, I still don't know the background. Like, 
you need to tell me why. Like, it, as a historian, I'm always like, tell me the why. So can I break down a chapter yeah. that I thought that was a yeah, big, that, that highlighted a huge issue? And I'm going to say it's the Mickey Mouse Club one. Yes. So we knew that I did not know that she was in the Mickey Mouse Club. I bef- When she was Britney, I then I, I, I've known, obviously since, it's hard right. to ignore that they brought this up. But um, mm-hmm. the Hubs has said that, you know, that that was a big thing. It was yeah. quite shocking when she what she did. So she mentions that she was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Mm-hmm. She does not mention what the Mickey Mouse Club was. Nope. And when I say does not mention what it was, she does not explain. I don't know what the concept. I actually don't know how an episode of the Mickey Mouse Club was structured. Right? Um, and here's the thing. I believe it was off the air by the time that I was aware. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, so I too would like to know. There, you know so there's yeah. no, I, we, we know what it is, but yeah. what was it? What did it entail? What did they need to do? Also, it was Mickey Mouse Club 2.0. So yeah. like, what was the first one? So I said, and significance of the reboot in my notes. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> she introduces big names. There were big names in that. Actually, I, the one I was surprised about with in the book was what's her face who played Felicity. Oh, um, Russell. Michelle. No, oh, Kerry Russell. Kerry Russell. 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 Yeah, Kerry yeah. Russell. Yeah. yeah. I was supposed to Felicity is Kerry Russell. Yeah. So that was mentioned. Uh, Ryan Gosling was involved in that. Justin <laughs> Timblake, obviously. She mentions she, Christina. Yeah, yeah. She then doesn't give her first impression. She's like, she's too scared to give her first impression of who Christina was. Yeah, it was just like, and there was Christina Aguilera, and I'm like, all right, please delve into this. Now, I've never read it, but I listened to a podcast that broke down Jessica Simpson's autobiography again yes absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah we see we see that Bethany Ardell has the photo up he has the poster he's like being in the cinema quaffed here but you know, Jessica Simpson was lost her audition to Britney Spears mm-hmm. and in her autobiography goes more into detail about the audition process mm-hmm. of a show she never got into and how um, Justin Timberlake was like running about trying to show off at the you know like really was like trying to be centre for attention early mm-hmm. so yeah, I just felt that that was really weird that you never got any vibe about it. And that that was a huge issue. Like, I, as an editor, would have come in and gone, okay, what is a Mickey Mouse Club? Why was it important? Why was it cultural? Why was it going to launch you? Why was How Disney long did big? it last? Yeah. What was the format? Like, who are the other characters that were part of this? Like, what did you accomplish during that time frame? And I know that the, the, the book fleshed out. And I said, when it got to the late in the crit, it, 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 it did find its feet. But... I was so shocked that an editor did not sit there and point at this and go, look, you're only at 200 pages. Let's see what we can flesh. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say this. I think the most profound moment in the book happened around, like, page 100 or so. And she was talking, like, post-abortion, which we can talk about in a minute if we need to. And she's driving in the middle of Arizona, and she's thinking she's having a moment with, like, UFOs. But she feels like she's connected to God in the universe. And I'm like, that was the most profound yeah. moment in the entire book. And I'm like, thank you. So I've never seen Crossroads. I've never seen Crossroads either. I'm not going to lie. she doesn't really explain anything. Like, Crossroads was... And, and I think also... I know way, it was a big deal. In a weird way, like, I wish she'd be more vulnerable and said, hey, so this film came out Crossroads. And I think she kind of turned around and go... She acts like it was just a film and I'm like no actually kind of remember when it came out it was your it was meant to be your film right and you don't mention how they built a film around you you don't mention the plot you do however mention that you get lost in the character but but you don't explain how and you got lost in the character think about was the Emma Stone sketch in SNL right right yeah I'm like but how did you get lost in the character like what changed and then and I and they never and I kind of feel like she should have been really honest about that and said I was like I wish she'd said because of my fame they offered me a leading role mm-hmm. and I felt I could take it on but she acts a little bit like 
she got this role had she been a normal person right. and she would not have got given that role no absolutely not um, and the other thing that kind of bugs me a bit was like I mentioned is like the Chicago I think I told I mentioned this to you yeah, was yeah, that she said, oh, I was going to be like in Chicago I like all this blah 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 you know singing dancing a little bit scandalous I'm like you're going to play the Lucy Lou role you're going to be in two scenes of the cameo <laughs> and you would not be singing or dancing in any of them and I felt that was it so that was a little bit when it got to the scandal I felt like it really she knew what she wanted to say and I think it's sad that it took her a book to actually say what she wanted to say and I hope she feels heard yeah um Personally, I've heard bits of Michelle Williams. She, Michelle Williams of Dawson's Creek fame uh, did it. The Hubs was like gagged and gooped about um, that it was her. Mm-hmm. Her husband directed it. Michelle Williams' partner directed the actual audio. Oh. Yeah. He's a director, actually. He's, and it, it, it all links together. Interesting. I genuinely think, though, Michelle Williams, when she got to the bit about... There was a lot in there that I read and was like, this is why Michelle Williams did this. Yeah. I think she... I kind of wonder whether or not the instinct voice incident. <laughs> the instinct voice incident is huge. When you hear it, it's hilarious. <laughs> but I also do generally think that actually, I could be wrong. This is just Max's opinion, and I know I say Max's opinion a lot. Well, but it's Max's opinion. opinion. It's our opinion. But is that some people might say, "Well, why did Michelle do this? This is appalling. This is not well written." And maybe Michelle Williams did this because it wasn't well written and felt she could create some legitimacy to a genuine woman in trouble. But Michelle Williams often takes this role of the underrepresented. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You know, I think maybe she read it. So I, I, I feel like this is in her wheelhouse. Yeah, that's why I feel. I feel yeah. she did this because she felt she could go. This woman, yeah. this person is going to be ignored if if someone cannot deliver this properly. Right. Um. I did feel when I was on vacation reading it, it was a calling card to the gays. <laughs> I was on the, I was on the plane and a, and then a student will pass me and goes, Oh my god. <laughs> so the funny thing is I was reading it um, at a cafe um, in DuPont Circle with the priest. He was working on a sermon, I was like reading this and I was like, Oh my god and like put a note card in. It's like, Oh my god, put another note card in. I folded the corners. And he was like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm marking passages right now and he's like, Oh, okay. So I did a little bit of an award ceremony. So do you want to tell you what your bits were? Do you want to go into your bits? Uh, yeah, so some of my most uh, standout moments, if yes. going to put it this way. Uh, the abortion, which... Wow. Wow. I mean, plan B in the bathroom of your house. Like, whew. I couldn't imagine. This is why I don't have kids. Yeah. Um, I you take plan B in the bathroom of your house. Because <laughs> <laughs> I take plan B constantly in the bathroom of my house. Here's one out. Right. <laughs> What's in the garden? Plan B. Plan B. <laughs> Plan B. Sprinkle on top of Plan B. Just put it in your wine. Um, you know, I felt really... A cringe moment was like whenever she was talking about the underage drinking with her mom. Yes. I was just like, oh, honey, that explains a little bit. Explains a bit. Explains a bit. That woman did not come across well. She did not come across well. Um, going to be frank, the haircut, whenever she's like, I did this because she was having a breakdown because she hadn't seen her kids in months, which I totally get. But she's like... I also didn't want to be sexualized. I'm reading this. I'm like, oh, this is a deep passage. Like, this is one of the few deep passages. Like, there we go. Um, my other thing was the Icon Awards. She has visceral hate for Jamie Lynn Spears, is what I'm going to say. Wow. Which is deserved, though. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, you fucking hate. hate her. But she wants to give some love at the end. She's like, I, I kind of give my sister, like, the love that she needs. And I'm sorry, as someone who's going to be family shit. Yeah. 
bigger person than I, she's a bigger person than I. Right. So I'm going to say this. I do think that she wrote this in stages and a little bit like in essay format, just like thinking about it. And I feel like she wrote that passage at a different time than some of the other passages. Yes, yes, yes. Can you believe that they did not write at the end that she's divorcing her husband and she did a whole chapter about him? I was just like, you missed, you missed this. Like, again, editor, you missed this. Yeah. You missed it. So, I've got my little awards. All right, your awards. Yep. Brittany the artist. Um, I do love the fact that, first of all, you realize how much of an artist she was. Uh-huh. But also, Baby One More Time, sharing DNA with Soft Cell, who did Tainted Love. I love the fact that was her inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, gave me chills. Janet Jackson playing while her and Justin kissed for the first time. Ooh. And that was a thing that Matt Rogers and Bone Yang picked up on. And I was like, damn it, you're stealing my fucking thunder. <laughs> but it's true. It was, a, it was a moment like, oh, this is ironic. Grossed out moment. Justin serenading her during her abortion. Uh, yeah, yeah. That one, that one freaked me out. Shocking line, calling Jamie Lynn a bitch. Mm, that yeah. was perfect. Cuntiest line, bless his heart, about Kevin Federline's rap career. Oh, yep, yep. The Emperor Palpatine line of all Emperor, pa- Emperor Palpatine lines. I am Britney Spears now. Said by, yeah. Yeah, said by her dad. The inspirational line, you can't fuck with a woman who knows how to pray. Yeah. Loved that line. Heroes of the Night, uh, Madonna, I thought came across really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like Madonna, and I oh, think yeah. she recognised that. Paris Hilton, I did not realise, was there during that that wedding. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but also, Elton John, I, and I knew this about Elton, he really did reach out and see a vulnerable woman that needed her confidence about singing again, and yeah. I loved that for her. Yeah. Finally, uh, the sequel that we want, Miss Faye's autobiography. Because <laughs> you know, Faye Baker. No, no. Miss Faye. So this is the hubs now. Opening about the wine for us. Miss Faye was her, cust- her assistant, her assistant, guardian. Yeah, it was her yeah. mum's best mate that like, followed her for a while. Like, what did she see behind the scenes? Is what yeah. I want to know. So, Jimmy, my my final thoughts were. Um, Thank you. I have generally come out with so much respect for her as an artist. Yeah. She does know her music, mm-hmm. and I do think she does know it. Mm-hmm. Um, the conservatorship chapter was as brutal and eye-opening. Enough said. That's quite yeah. frankly. It was really tough to read. I yeah. want you to give your opinion on a little couple of bits. So I'm going to say this. I think the conservatorship, I'm going to say this, and it's going to be controversial. I think that with the bipolar disorder, which this is, I am not a medical professional, yeah. I think that, you know... The conservatorship, as it was, should have ended. There might still need to be something in place, but not in the format that it was. Yes, I agree. That that's where I'm going to land on that one. Yeah, I agree. I think that it was it was a it was. So, the main the main gist of the proceedings is that basically Britney was overwhelmed by her like the way that she was treated, not her fame, the way she was treated by the press, especially. Right. And it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, you know, let's let's let let's bombard Britney by all this, and then complain that she's overwhelmed. And that is a cruel, cruel, cruel thing. Right. Um. So I. And but the same. So I do think that she did end up in a bad place mentally and did need support to get her through it. But I do feel that her dad and her mum, who is a bloody gold digging, oh, come at me. I'm gonna say it. Yeah. 
um, did want to prolong it for their own benefit. Mm-hmm. I do think that she what she did need assistance, but she needed assistance from people that were going to look out for her best intentions, not for their pocketbook. Right, and that was certainly what happened. Is it was the pocketbook that was driving everything that was going on. My final thoughts are: for all its roughness, this book very cleverly drew multiple parallels between the Justin split and the Kevin Federline split, and I think very she very very. And I don't say bravely because you know, but at the same time, I'm gonna say good for you, Brittany. The highlight of the double standards between male and female pop stars is stu- is stunning. And you know, Daniel and I had some negative press um, on 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 Twitter regarding the podcast and the fact that we were reading Britney's book and someone said well I'm a Justin fan how dare you actually Justin comes across as a bit of a twat but yeah uh, I would say uh, just a twat actually the press is 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 the issue there so yeah I'm gonna say read the book because you may be surprised how actually that both of them were I mean Justin enjoyed being a better man out of it right but it was a made up story it was a narrative that he ch- a narrative he chose yes and used we'll put it that way to promote his album so do you have anything more to say on this or should we move on to the other one I think we can move on to the other one because yeah yeah let's move on to the other one. Oh god say so went back in time it's like it's 1989 and suddenly I was born so we are going to go straight into this because, let's face it, 1989 is our is era. era. It's era. Daniel, 1989, Taylor Swift. Fault, what is your history with this album? Uh, so this was the album that I first fell in love with Taylor. Uh, this is the album that spoke to me the most. And so I have been waiting the most for this re-record. I'm not going to lie on this one. As our guest rolls his eyes over there. We get it. We get it. So, for me, I knew of Taylor Swift. She was a tween country star that was making... Um, I was, at the time, I read a lot of Don't Hate Me, Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, Perez. Hilton. Perez, Paris Hilton. So, she was making some waves. I read a lot of American News. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sort of hit it with We're Never Getting Back Together in England because it was kind of a very adult song mm-hmm. but I do remember that most of her original band were in that music video so that was her like last sort of the guy of the hair yeah and so I know that at the time Glee was also using some of her stuff but then 1989 hit and she had enough of an in in regards to British music to launch that at full throttle into the lexicon of British music at the time. Right, and I will say for me personally, like, I was not a country fan, so like the earlier stuff, I could not stand. I'm going to be very blunt on that one. I like classic country, and I'm a huge fan. Actually, now that Taylor's going back to um, country folk with, um, with the Evermore... I, here's the thing. I like folk. I don't like country, though. So. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm an Emmy Lou. Uh, you are I'm an Emmy Lou. You are an Emmy Lou. Yes. So, and I think I've said this a few times on the podcast, is that when 1919... When um, Blank Space came out, mm-hmm. I just met my husband, mm-hmm. and we were... She's driving me to the airport. I had a free flight. 
I didn't want to muck up the free flight and you know look a gift horse in the mouth in terms of the individual mm-hmm. or oh, a scandal there though by the way scandal oh, okay. yeah after this though not for, oh, not yeah. for here definitely oh, yeah. but I'm keep this bit in because it's scandal scandal but um, and he sung and he was joking and singing me blank space um, mm. to keep me calm during the flight uh, the, the drive back to the airport mm-hmm. also my wedding video I did not do a wedding speech I did a wedding video and it begins oh. with him signing and dancing to shake it off and, oh. yeah so I haven't seen that I'll show you that one yeah um God, I thought I showed that but no, no so that album played across mm-hmm. that until when just before my um, our wedding was in February but in October I did a last trip over and we were going to start looking we were going to check out venues blah 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 uh-huh. the original plan had been to go to New York with some friends before that and my friend Ryan um, lovely Ryan who is, is amazing in England said oh I'll meet you in New York and he sent me the link to mm-hmm. Taylor's Welcome to New York that she did I think on Jimmy Kimmel oh you know that oh, one? Yes. so that whole album played across my dating so this is why 1989 is big for both of us and for me like it also hit at the same time that I was ending it wasn't a boyfriend situation it was a situation ship yeah in grad school and so it sort of hit at the right time emotionally for me and it was just like oh I you got me like you, you saw me Thank you. I nearly said though the conservatorship was a bad part of this. I mean, I said I crossed over <laughs> into my Britney Nitro. <laughs> wow! Uh, no, that has not happened. No, it has not. All right. So mm-hmm. this is a Taylor edition. Daniel, yes. do you quickly want to give a two-line-ish? What are Taylor editions? So the Taylor editions are the re-records of her masters because they were sold without her consent by Scooter Braun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but here's the thing that I'm going to say, I'm going to bring up. It's actually not uncommon for artists not to own their masters because the most famous incident of it, someone not owning their masters, do you want to guess? The Beatles? Yes. They were owned by Michael Jackson. Exactly. And whenever Michael Jackson died, he they died. went to Paul McCartney. Yep. No, that, I, yep. that is known. Literally, in, that was my friend. That back. was known in England. Yep. No, that actually, because my parents are huge Beatles fans. But no, no. so that, that is the one I do no, know. No, no, yeah. that, was, that was my one thing. It's like, it's not uncommon for artists not to own their masters. So the masters are the original recording of them that they usually base the, um, any, like, so if, even if you get a compilation, they'll take from the original masters. So Taylor yeah. still owns the rights to the lyrics, the song, everything. It is the use of the original recording. Right. So what Taylor has done is say, well, I'm going to give you an alternative recording. Because mm-hmm. I think she was going to, I think, was it Kelly Clarkson that said to her? Yes, absolutely. We're being, it's, this is, this is. Like, the Queens. Wait, the what Queens. was this? There's culture here, there's culture there. Kelly Clarkson said, well, why don't you, if you don't like the fact he owns it, why don't you create new masters? And she went, fine. She tweaked slightly, and we're going to go into some. I got two bits of tweaking that I'm a little bit mm. Okay. But she said, um, but apparently, uh, any song off the 1989 album, off the original, mm-hmm. sales have dropped 40% in the last week, which the fact they're still selling, you know, 10 years later. Is on, you know. But it was, yeah. I'm going to argue it was one of, it's her best album, maybe. I, do you know what? I think Midnight's is artistically one of her best albums. I, I think I think it's not bad. We'll put it that way. I, no, I like Midnight's is what I'm saying. I think like, she has an intention of Midnight's that mm-hmm. I... I felt that when she said Midnight's and you listened to the album... It was like, it's a Midnight's. You're Midnight's. And I think that, for me, is an album you're like, wow, yeah. you know what you're doing. Yeah. All right. So, Daniel, mm-hmm. let's talk about the originals. Yes. Now, we had a bit of a chat earlier mm-hmm. and we did mention... 
I originally did a breakdown by breakdown, but there really wasn't anything. So I'm going to say this. With the re-records of the Taylor version, yeah. the pop is slightly more enhanced. It's a little bit edgier. The bass is slightly up, and I will say this, the bass is up. Yeah. I know my music terms. So Blink Space and Style, you can definitely hear it on those. Um, this Love, she slowed it down just a little bit. It's a little bit more Evermore-esque. Yes. Um, She's learned from our albums. Right. And then I'm going to argue, like, you don't notice too much of a difference because can you make some of her best songs better? Maybe not. So can I ask then yeah. this question? Yeah. Going into this, uh-huh. what was your favorite song off the album? So here's the thing. Originally, the first time... Um, Blank space. Yeah, it's it's pure Gemini energy. So I, I'm like, it is my it is my mantra. Also, the leg slip against the fireplace. Uh-huh. Well, also, so blank space style. Those are always yeah. my fa- two favorite. Um, but some of my surprises on this, you know, re-release on her edition was I know places. It felt banging. It felt more like reputation. I do like I know places. Yeah. I, you know, clean. I understood the story behind clean. Yeah. If you've seen the videos, Wonderland. I liked Wonderland a lot more on this one. Yeah. Like, she tweaked it just slightly enough. Like, it was like, let's let's do a little bit of edit and it works better. Uh, New Romantics feels more strut for me now, which I sort of like. So New Romantics was, I knew it as the song she released as a concert song. Mm, which I said to you that I would, I yeah, mean, yeah, that, that yeah, she yeah. released it as a concert one. Fair enough. See, my one is, I've always loved um, Elderwoods. Always love that Always song. a good one. Always, Always a good one. I think that's Always an amazing pop song. Um, uh, the only thing I... I still... I left this album and it's still my favourite. I don't know what it is about that song. I I have a huge thing about Taylor Swift's Death's Camp. I'm a huge fan of Taylor Swift's Death's Camp. Uh-huh. But in the Out of the Woods, uh-huh. she has up the production in mm-hmm. terms of the music. Mm-hmm. The Death's Camp is less audible it's yes. still hearable but it's this audible mm-hmm. I think it, a lot of this album it's still a very strong album mm-hmm. it's better and there's a line in the um, LGBT movie um, Pride mm-hmm. where Meryl um, Stoughton goes where someone it's about minors helping being helped out by a gay group uh-huh. uh, a couple of the minors go oh, I don't want to talk to them I'm why they might you know think I'm coming on to them and then Meryl Stoughton goes Oh, because you're so sexy, are you? <laughs> I tell you. Or she goes, you're so irresistible. Well, they've thrown away better than you. <laughs> and Taylor still has thrown away better than that. But I did think by losing the desk camp uh, into the woods, is, out of the woods, sorry, into the woods, out of the woods, woods is less yeah. ethereal. And yes. I missed that about it. Mm-hmm. But they up the production and there's a bit of a, a weird like electronic buzz during the intro into Shake It Off yes and that song Taylor always leads she leads weak uh-huh. but she ends strong yeah and I Shake It Off is uh, it, 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 it screams like it's I'm not my this, favourite I'm going to do this in a high school assembly it's it, yeah, yeah. it is high school assembly it's, it's not my favourite it, it, it's, yeah. it's, it, it's cheerleader B team you know and I do think that she upped it slightly. Mm-hmm. I think that all that music on the album, I like. I love pretty much every song on that album. I think Shake yeah. It Off is the one I do like. Uh-huh. I just don't love. I'm sorry. Shake It Off. Um, it's, just, it's just like, I get it. You had a hard time. Yeah. 
she took the Montreux Shake It Off and made a Reputations album, which is an amazing Better. album. Reputations yeah. is so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you get it. Yeah. yeah. So that's just my things. Mm-hmm. Daniel, I think we, you know, we're, we're, gonna, we're moving forward. Let's quickly... Go into the vault. The vault. We have to go into the vault. Oh my God. As I said, she's cast away better. She is. So I um, have a breakdown song by song. Should we go one by? Should we go? Because I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've gone one to five as well. Yep. So let's, let's start. Do it. Let's do it. You, you start with number one. Slut. All right. She's owning the moniker. Uh, it's behind the door. She's embracing the narrative and she's letting go a little bit in the song. And I like that. It's it's yeah. very positive. Of like, so what if they call me a slut? Why don't I be a slut behind the doors? You'd like it. You'd like it. Yeah. So for me, it shows off her voice, but it does feel more like it came from the reputation. Yes. Era. Yeah. Absolutely. Say don't go. Oh my god, this may have been my favorite one from the vault. I am not going to lie. Um, she starts low and deep, which is unusual for her. Like yeah. just the notes, the tone. Uh, there are some moments of desperation. Um, she is someone not in control of a relationship, which I might can relate to. You know. Um, I would, uh, you know, she's got the line, I would stay forever, um, you know, if you just told me to. And it's just like, oh my god, I love it. Yours, but, uh, you can't, uh, admit mine, love I know. Like, I, oh god, it's so good, it's so good. For me, about very 1989, mm-hmm. I did think it had the Midnight's echo on it, mm-hmm. and actually that was another thing that I kind of thought that Bo and Yang and, um... Matt Rogers also they, they said they felt a lot of this out the, the vaults came from actually the Midnight Serial that she tried to drive back I mm, think though yeah. the actual songwriting didn't I think the production came from the Midnight Serial yeah. I think she learned yeah. some stuff and learned some techniques yeah. and I think it's yeah. hard to to go back and go actually I'm going to re-record songs as if they came from that era so that um, I do feel though that it felt like a classic Taylor album track yes absolutely next one Alright, um... Now that we don't talk. Now that we don't talk. Oh my god. So this narrative really resonates with me because my friend Sunny, her sister Maddie, has recently gone through a divorce and she also likes Taylor Swift. And so the two of us have been talking and she's like, this encapsulates my divorce. Like, really, we don't don't talk. talk. It's like you have a relationship with someone and now all of a sudden you don't anymore. She's like, it captures that. Yeah. I say it's got a very playful narrative. Mm-hmm. It, I do like again how it works. So this is like one big up generally. Mm-hmm. I read a whole article about her relationship with Kylie Kloss, mm-hmm. and I was wondering if this is a song they were talking about. This came about Kylie Kloss. I think it could be. But what annoys me a bit about the Kylie Kloss situation, mm-hmm. and if you don't know who Kylie Kloss is, then you don't need to give a shit. Read a book. Read, read a book because she's kind of like no one. But. They were like, well, they fell out, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I actually generally think that when you read the, the timeline of it, yeah. that was when Carly Kloss was... That's when the Trump shit was happening. Yes. For those who don't know, Carly Kloss, who is very good at a Wix advert, and I think does America's uh, Project Runway. This is Project Runway. Uh, she is also, I don't want to say famously... Not many people know this, but is married. Do you know who she's married to? No, I don't. Uh, Jared Kushner's brother. Oh fuck! <laughs> I am so sorry. That so was during a project <laughs> runway, one of the gay guys, when she was criticizing a dress he designed, and she he went, "Oh, it'd be perfect for dinner at the Kushners," and he got voted off that week. I'm and, sure. And, he but did. the gays just went. 
Yeah. So, no, she is Ivanka Trump's sister-in-law. Oh, my God. And I think that this is where a lot of that... And they don't yeah. bring it. So you didn't know... I am shocked and shook if you didn't know that narrative. I did not know that narrative. And that's I think why, I blocked it off. And I think that's why a lot of this narrative came up with Carly Kloss. I think she was getting close to the enemy. Fair. Fair enough. Right. Suburban Legends. This is about going back to a hometown with a romance and you're the big fish that goes away from the small pond and this is why I don't go back home. It's... For me, I love the melody on it I love, love it. the delivery of it absolutely love it that's why I don't get back home it encapsulates that one finally is it over this is a cheating song and I sort of love it for that I have one word for this song what perfection yes this song is the best song of the vaults in my opinion mm-hmm. it is out of the woods it is a level of the descant, the echo, the treble, I don't know. I she know understands. She the understands. The back day I've always, in those music, is going to sit me sit here and go, you don't know. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, this song is perfect. Is perfection. Overall. Well, I have a surprise for you. Oh. Because if you listen to 1989, the deluxe version, mm-hmm. Taylor's edition, there is one Bad Blood with Kendrick Lamar that's on it. Yeah. Guess what? It still don't, does not reach the original Bad Blood version, UK version that you introduced. Yes, me there's to. two versions. Which I, I'm surprised. It's not pretty enough. I'm it's surprised not enough because Bad Blood has a different version in England. Yeah, it's for it's not gritty enough. No, but is it over? Yes. All right, go on, Matt. Anything more to say on this? Uh, no, other than I felt read by the vault. I listened to it. I think the day it came out, like five times in the morning I'm like hurt me more hurt me more so I think my last question is has this changed the album for you I don't think it's changed the album for me like I still love the album um, it's just it's a different love it hurts me a little bit more now like I said hurt Perfect. me yeah so I think now because we're, we're I'm sorry if we're, if we're rushing we're just racing to the end of this podcast because quite frankly being, we knew it was going to be a big week Daniel. Yes. You don't have a gag and goop, I have a gag and goop. Do gag and goop, man. It's not really. It says, we're reaching the end. I don't have a gag and goop. I have a quote. Okay. And we overheard this at an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. Do tell. A young lady walked out of the restaurant and went, it smells like Mexico in there. Salsa. Honey, you're in a resort in Cancun, right? Yes? We sat there and we're like, no, ma'am. No, no ma'am. ma'am, absolutely not. So, Daniel, what's our word of the day? The word of the week is glabella. Do you know what that means? Uh, no, I'm going to boil out my arse out. Uh, so, the glabella is the part of the face that is between your eyebrows. Glabella. I love it. I don't know how it came up, but it came up this week, and it's like, oh, okay, I'll use it. And finally, my petticoat lane is... Uh-huh. I am about to run a marathon. I would have run it by this time next week. I'm so proud of you. All I'm saying is that, my God, people, learn the space you're taking up on the fucking sidewalk. You know, Jesus Christ. And guess what? If you have kids, keep them single file. I am sick of tripping over children. It's like... Or throw them in the river. Throw them in the river. I don't give a shit anymore. But quite frankly, the space that people take up on sidewalks is disgusting. I move very quickly through them. You know, if you sit, if you've got a ton of kids in front of you, 
and you see a runner in the road, it means you put someone else's kid at risk because you want your kids to be safe. Move, bitch, move out the way. Move, bitch, move out, out the, the way. way. Daniel, have we covered everything? My dear, we have barely set the agenda. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to Bitches with Beards. I've been Max. And I'm Daniel. A big thanks to you all for tuning in and giving us a listen. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Please remember that only a mother could love our views and opinions. They reflect us and no one else. All music and clips are used under fair use. We'll see you next week, unless we're cancelled. Cheers. Cheers.